You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Some disappointing news from the Packers over the weekend in reports from Rob Domofsky of ESPN saying that Oren Burks, according to sources, and by the time you listen to this, you may already know the truth of the matter. But according to sources, Oren Burks does not have a shoulder injury. He has a torn pec. And essentially that would end his second season in the NFL. And that would be that would be brutal. It would be really, really brutal. And it sucks for a guy who by all counts is a tremendous person, a terrific teammate, and someone who worked hard to get to this point in his career, who who earned this opportunity to be the Packers' starting inside linebacker opposite Blake Martinez. And we can't dwell too much on the what-ifs of this situation. We have to move fully into, okay, now what? Because the Packers are already doing that. And what I think will come as a surprise to a lot of fans is... The knowledge that, okay, so we know right now Curtis Bolton running ahead of Ty Summers in that inside linebacker spot. Since we last spoke last week, we talked about Ty Summers' impressive debut in the NFL. Curtis Bolton was actually the highest graded defender by Pro Football Focus last game. Now, I don't I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. There's a lot that goes into those grades, and, and I often have problems with those grades. But it does speak to the fact that Bolton was an impressive player and has been an impressive player in camp. In fact, he was often running ahead of Ty Summers in practice uh, over the course of the last few weeks. We are actually going to have to, at this point, and I'm working on scheduling it, get a Curtis Bolton rookie orientation series. I have a guest booked for the Kadar Holman rookie orientation and... So now we're going to add this Curtis Bolton or Ricky orientation because it looks like he's going to get the first opportunity to be the starting inside linebacker for the Packers next to Blake Martinez. And this has all sorts of trickle-down effects for this defense. Now, we're going to talk in a little bit about the addition the Packers made uh, at cornerback on the waiver wire and how that, that what that could say about Green Bay and how Mike Patton wants to play. But... When you go back and look at last year and the kinds of formations Mike Patton put out there, we wondered on this show aloud, is this the way Mike Patton wants to play or is it a reaction to the personnel? And I likewise wondered aloud, 
if over the course of this offseason, if it looked like Oren Burks was going to get significant playing time, that maybe they played that way last year because more because of personnel than because of philosophy. Maybe. Maybe not. But it looked like Oren Burks was going to get that opportunity. And, and because of Oren Burks' skill set, it might have been unfair to conclude that, oh, the, well, the Packers last year only played with, you know, th- those safeties because that was the look that, that, you know, the personnel dictated they had to go to. In some ways, that's true, it seems. Oren Burks has unique coverage ability for a linebacker. I think that's why he was drafted. And so now Green Bay can play a little bit more the way that it played last year. Now Curtis Bolton, an athletic player, someone who was all over the field for Oklahoma, who had really just one breakout season, he's now going to get the chance to step in and play that coverage linebacker role, this the, the role that was often occupied by a safety last year. So that brings us to the point where now we, we look at this roster and we say, okay, Let's say Green Bay goes into the season with Curtis Bolton. How much are they playing big nickel? How much are they taking Bolton off the field and putting someone like Raven Green on the field? How much are they taking Bolton off the field and putting Josh Jones on the field or Ibrahim Campbell, who they signed over the weekend? Campbell played in that hybrid safety linebacker spot last year. So did Josh Jones, and and Raven Green is doing that early this season. So... If you're the Packers, how much of, of this adjustment is going to be part of the philosophy of Mike Patton and how much of it is going to be the result of simply saying this is the people that are on the field or at least that they can put on the field and so these are the guys they have to play and then as a result, this is how they have to play it. I think it also leads us into an obvious question about are there other avenues that Green Bay can go? Ahmad Thomas was someone that that a lot of Packer fans were happy about last year. You know, a, a lot of a lot of Packer fans thought that Green Bay should have gone a little harder at someone like Zach Brown. And and given what ultimately happened to Burks, and we can't do that. By the way, we can't we cannot look at what eventually happened and say that was destined to happen, and therefore Green Bay needed to have been able to predict that and therefore gone after a player that they would not have wanted to start over Oren Burks. It's just not fair to treat it that way because we didn't know that this was going to happen. The Packers didn't know that this was going to happen, and inside linebacker is not a premium position. It's not a priority position, and it's not a place where you need to have you know, three, four, five guys that can all come in and, and be veterans and, and know what they're doing right away. That It's just, it's not that kind of position. And no team has that luxury. You know, the closest team is the Cowboys. And Jerry Jones, or I guess it wasn't Jerry Jones, it was one of his sons who was like, you know, we want, we think we can play all of them and you're not going to know who's coming and who's the mic and whatever. And it's like, okay, well, football doesn't quite work that way, but... We can talk about it later. Uh, there are options out there. Uh, and, you know, are they good ones? No, because if they were good ones, uh, they wouldn't be out there at this point. You know, we're, we're almost midway through August. And so 
it's hard to be like, okay, well, you know, if the Packers go sign Mason Foster, then all, you know, all their, their worries are, are complete. Well, no. Yeah. Mason Foster is out there. He has legitimate NFL experience. He's, he's only 30. Uh, he's also a limited player and, and he was cut. I think for that reason, uh, that I don't think anyone should think that because Washington cut him, that means he's not a good player. Washington does a lot of things that are head scratching and we can't always put stock in their moves and say, okay, well, Washington thought X, so he must be Y. No, that's just not, no, no. Uh, so, uh, I do think that kind of move would make some sense. The problem for green Bay is, you know, they have Blake Martinez. He and Mason Foster are very similar. And what they need is someone with a little bit more flexibility, someone with a little bit more coverage ability. I actually do not have any problem with them saying, look, we have Blake Martinez. Oren Burks would have played a lot because of his opportunity to cover and his ability to cover. And that makes him a versatile, useful player in the modern NFL. But if he's not on the field... We have this host of players from Josh Jones to Raven Green to Ibrahim Campbell that we feel comfortable putting on the field and saying we are not going to lose anything as coverage players. And we're going to lose something as run defenders, but that's okay in, in particular because of the players they've added, the outside linebackers who are plus run defenders, the interior beef on this team if Montrevious Adams plays more. You know, Kenny Clark is a monster. It helps to have Adrian Amos in run support, someone who they can put down in the box and have a Darnell Savage in the back end patrolling the deep part of the field. This defense is better set up this year to accommodate that safety linebacker hybrid. And so it may ultimately be the case that Green Bay decides this is the route that they're going to go. And to me, frankly, it's a route that makes sense. If teams want to run the ball 30 times as a result, listen, have at it. If you want to matriculate the ball down the field four or five yards at the at a time, good for you. Good for you. And, and, and if that's what you want to do, great. They're going to let you do it. What they're not going to let you do is get tight ends on linebackers who they can't cover. You have a safety out there. It makes it a lot easier to cover Dallas Goddard or Kyle Rudolph or whoever the guy out there is. And so that's why Green Bay set their team up like that last year. Again, if they'd have had a linebacker that they thought could do it, yeah, you'd rather have that because of what he brings as a run defender. But Oren Burks, by the way, not a great run defender anyway. How much are they really losing if someone like Ibrahim Campbell can come in and give them the level of play that he gave them last year in that short stretch. Uh, you know, if Oren Burks would have matched that, I think it would have been a really good season for him. We've seen Campbell play that way. We've seen him be an impact player on this defense. We haven't seen that from Oren Burks. And if you're having trouble making an impact in the bedroom, 
TryBlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first jewel with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function in the bedroom. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. So one of the other interesting discussions that has come up over the last few days and and after the, uh, the the preseason game over the weekend, the Packers practiced. You know, they had the game Thursday off Friday, but then had practices Saturday, Sunday. And what we saw was Jake Kumaro getting some opportunities to run with the ones. That is interesting. And you know, there there has been speculation. Oh, Jake Kumaro. What, what do you do with him? Can he be a player? All this stuff. And I have been on record as saying, I just, I, I don't, for whatever you see in the preseason. And, and look, he made some plays last year in the regular season too. The, the touchdown against the Jets is a prime example. The, the track record of guys at his age, you know, we're talking about past 25, multiple years into the league, of making a jump to impact player in the NFL, there's just not a long list of guys who've done it. And I was dubious of it. And so I said, look, I, you know, I think it makes more sense. Jamon Moore, Equinemius St. Brown, prioritize these players. Because Jay Kumaro ain't a chief. He just, he isn't. But I might have been wrong about that. Because he just keeps making plays. Obviously, he had a couple plays in the preseason game, but... QB1 trusts him. And while I don't think that assures him a spot on the roster, it certainly gives him opportunities that are not afforded to other players simply because Aaron Rodgers is willing to throw him the ball. And you can't prove that you're a good receiver if you don't get opportunities to catch passes, especially not in team drills. So Jay Kumaro, you know, you put Devontae Adams out there, Jay Kumaro out there, you know, maybe Geronimo Allison, those three guys. At least you, you've got reliable guys, guys you know can catch the ball. MVS also is very much in the mix there. And this this really, you know, it, it reflects the flux that this roster is in. Because so many positions have the, these battles on the margins. We know where Devontae Adams is going to be. And we know Geronimo Allison and MVS are going to be members of this receiving core their exact roles and locations, TBD. But, you know, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, wide receiver six, potentially, those are questions that we still have to have answered. And so, you know, this is this is like a lot of positions where it's like we know who the starters are. Who are the backups? Who are the priority backups? You know, we're, we're starting to see the same thing with the offensive line. Billy Turner played some right tackle. Elton Jenkins got in there at right guard. And what we learned was one of the reasons that Lane Taylor was out there a little bit longer was he's fighting for his job, presumably with Elton Jenkins. 
And I, I was a huge fan of Elton Jenkins coming out of college. You know on this show, if you've listened to me for a couple months now, that I thought that it was possible that he could be one of the five best offensive linemen on this roster. I just thought it was a long shot that he would push Lane Taylor for a, a starting spot unless Lane Taylor was bad. Lane Taylor hasn't been bad, but Elton Jenkins has just been that impressive. And given that Lane Taylor is on a deal that the Packers can pretty pretty easily get out of uh, after 2019, in fact, could pretty easily get out of it now if they wanted to, uh, is, is part of the equation here. And so to the receiver point, though, you know, I thought that having guys with, with developmental abilities, Geronimo Allison is your reliable secondary possession receiver pass catcher guy. And then you have Devontae as your number one. You have MBS as your deep threat. Equinemius St. Brown is sort of your future big slot receiver. You have Jamon Moore as a de- developmental player. And then Darius Shepard as your sort of wild card. Um, you know, that's that's a pretty good mix in there. Jamon Moore, we'll see. Trevor Davis, we'll see. It's reasonable to wonder if, and, and this was something I mentioned on Twitter, if the Packers should keep both Jake Kumro and Geronimo Allison because they're very similar players. And I understand the idea, well, you know, Kumro has mostly played outside and Allison looks like he's going to play a lot in the slot this year. And although they have similar uh, abilities and similar skills, they may be used and deployed in different kinds of ways. Well, okay, but couldn't you deploy some of these other guys in different ways too? If... Allison makes the team and Kumaro doesn't, doesn't that just make more opportunities for MBS and EQ? And if those guys have the talent that we believe they do, doesn't that make sense for Green Bay? I think these are these are reasonable questions to ask. You know, you, you don't always have to view a roster and say it's the fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth best receivers who are battling for that last spot. It could end up being that Green Bay says, well, you know, our third and fourth guys are really close and they do similar things and they play in similar ways. And if we have one, we don't really need the other one. You know, Jake Kumaro got to play last year without Geronimo Allison because Allison was hurt. And when Allison was playing well early, it was while Kumaro was hurt. I don't think it's crazy to think that Green Bay could say, "Mm, we'll need one of these guys. And then whether it's releasing one or trying to find a trade for one, I think that's something that could very much be in play if you're the Packers. And speaking of playing, I know a lot of you are playing fantasy football. The best way to get prepped for your fantasy football draft, locked on fantasy football. Make sure you're listening. Vinny Iyer gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy. Don't listen to the same stuff as everyone else because then you're the same. Then you're going into your draft knowing only the information that everyone else in the draft knows. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and all season long. Locked on Fantasy Football on your favorite podcast provider. So one thing I wanted to hit before we get out of here was the Packers claimed Derek Jones off waivers. And if you don't know who that is, I don't blame you, but he was a receiver converted to cornerback by the Jets. And is someone who has some athletic ability, is a raw prospect, but more than what he is as a player, 
to my point earlier about Mike Patton and his philosophy, I think this is a reflection of how Mike Patton views his defenses. So last year in the draft, they went out and they got Jair Alexander and Josh Jackson. And they said, we're going to roll with the other guys up front. We're going to create a pass rush manufacturing it. That was their perspective. That was fine until everyone got hurt. And then all of a sudden, you got to play Tony Brown. You got to play Josh Jackson. You got to play all these guys that you didn't expect to play. Bashad Breland, who you had to sign literally off the street. Tony Brown, by the way, has played himself into a potential starting position. If Kevin King could not go week one, Tony Brown would be starting opposite Jair Alexander right now. Not not Josh Jackson because he hasn't played. That's going to be a fascinating thing to watch as we move forward. But to, to bring in another cornerback is a reminder of how much Mike Patton emphasizes coverage and being able to disguise coverage and being able to effectively cover opposing offenses because he can scheme up blitzes. We know he can do that. He's really good at it. But if you want to be able to just rush four, you have to be able to cover. And if you want to be able to come up with these exotic blitz packages and disguise coverage behind, it's not just about being able to cover. It's about having smart players who can do these coverage disguises and who have the athletic ability to get from one point on the field to another because what coverage disguises really entail is, you know, let's let's say the defense shows cover four. That means if you're going to disguise that coverage and you're really going to play a different coverage, you have to be able to move quickly at the snap of the ball to get in position. So if you're going to play robber coverage or you're going to play, you know, it's going to look like a two shell and it's really going to become a single high safety. Well, someone like Adrian Amos is going to have to get somewhere in a hurry. He's got to be smart enough to know where to go and he's got to be athletic enough to get there. Well, those are traits that not every player has. Someone like Darnell Savage has them. And so if they want to if they want to disguise that coverage and they think, oh, well, Darnell Savage is always the single high safety. So even if they if they disguise this coverage, it's going to be Savage deep. Okay, well, if he comes down and and they don't see anyone deep where Savage should be, quarterback might think to throw somewhere that he shouldn't. And that's where the Packers are going to come in and try and create turnovers. Having more cover players is never a bad plan. Having these guys, and look, this guy, Derek Jones might not be able to play, but he might be able to play. And he might be able to be coached up, and he might be able to make the practice squad. And if they need him in a month, maybe he can, you know, a month into this season, that is, because in a month, you know, over the next month, he gets to play. But a month into the season, if he's on the practice squad, you know, then he's been in the system for two months. He knows Mike Patton a little bit better. He knows his coaches a little bit better. They know his limitations. I'm not saying he's going to make the team. I'm just saying the the value of bringing him in now means you get to coach him up, you get to see him, and you get to evaluate him. And it's waivers. It doesn't cost you anything, really. So you don't have to worry about that part of it. The Packers want to make sure that they can cover. And even though you think, okay, well, it seems like Chandon Sullivan had a great game against the Texans. And they like some of the stuff that KB Onento is doing. And if Kevin King and Josh Jackson are healthy, then they go like five, six, seven deep at cornerback with Kadar Holman and all these guys. The reality is that stuff can change so fast. And we saw it change last year 
Green Bay is not going to be caught with its pants down with these cornerback injuries. They want to make sure that they have the maximum number of guys who can cover. And I think, you know, not that the Orenberg's injury is a blessing in disguise. It's not, there's no blessing there because the guys that they're going to replace him with are, are not as talented as he is, at least to me, I don't think. But the, the opportunity to have more cover players on the field in the modern NFL, I think, makes sense in a lot of cases. It's not going to make sense as much against a team like Minnesota, who apparently wants to pound the ball in the run game. But it's going to make sense against the Chiefs and the Chargers this year and the Raiders and you know some of these teams that they're going to have to beat in the NFC. So yeah, you'd love to have Oren Burks for a game like Philly when you're going to put Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz on the field and, and say to the defense, good luck. But there's going to be plenty of other times when you're going to love having that extra safety or someone like Ibrahim Campbell who's got the body and the athleticism to do a little bit of both. So it's going to be, there. there is, again, I, I keep going back to this, and it is kind of amazing to me how much is up in the air for Green Bay and not up in the air in the way that, like, they still have to figure it out, but up in the air in the way that we don't know what it's going to look like yet. And there's a lot to be decided. Maybe not for roster spots, but for philosophy. There's so much for us to analyze and break down that I can't wait to do it, I can't wait to watch it, and I can't wait to bring it to you. So if you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes, leave us a review, um, rate us five stars, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. Make a friend. Monday is back, baby. So let's do this. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Go check out the new Locked on NFL with Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock. Uh, they do a great job for everything around the NFL. Go check that out. Uh, and you can also... Uh, hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline. Do that. Uh, we are, I got a couple questions about the Oren Burks thing. Hopefully I've answered them here or answered them on Twitter, uh, obviously where you can always find me. But if you have a question or you have a criticism or you have a comment, whatever it is, you can hit me up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. <laughs>